All right, everybody, welcome to this episode of Learning the Tropes. I'm your host, Erin, uh, and today I am joined by romance author Andy J. Christopher. Hi, Andy. Hi, Erin. I'm super excited to be here. So, Thanks so much for joining. And so you brought me a book. So we're doing a kind of a few different types of episodes now at Learning the Tropes. So we have author interviews. I don't have to explain. We have virgin book episodes where I meet with somebody, I prescribe them their first romance novel, and then we discuss it. And then we have like romance veteran episodes, which is okay. this, which is somebody brings me a book that I've never read before. And this is this extra special uh, sort of subgenre because it's a, you brought me a Harlequin Presents, which I've never read before. Mm-hmm. And so this week we read Re- Returning to Claim His Heir by Amanda Sinelli. I think it's Sinelli. Sinelli. Like we're mutuals, but I've never heard her just like pronounce her name. So. Okay. Let us know if we said it incorrectly and we'll dub it. <laughs> I guess I don't know <laughs> how to do that. We'll figure it out. We'll correct it. Um, so first, just because, well, I'm not a romance novel virgin I am like kind of a virgin of Harlequin Presents. Could you explain to me a little bit about like what makes something a Harlequin Presents? Like what are the hallmarks of a Presents? Kind of like those or category. Okay. So um, like I started out reading romances, category romance. I found like a bag of Harlequin romances, which is a different thing from Harlequin Presents. Okay. In my grandma's closet and like read an entire bag of them. And I was like, give me more. <laughs> so a category romance is essentially just a shorter very, very trope-driven romance. And generally, the title is going to tell you what the trope is. So some of them are like the Italian billionaire's secret baby (laughs) or the prince's like forbidden love or something like It's Mm going to tell you exactly what you're getting. Um, And so there, Harlequin Presents specifically is about 50,000 words. So it's like half of a full-length novel, but it's a full story, a full-length novel. They're designed to be entirely standalone, although some of them, including this one, are in like little series, like mini series. And they come out, there's like six of them every month. So when I was a kid, my grandma's best friend would get all of the categories basically every month. And I think they were at one point like 20 bucks. So it was like Mm -hmm. a really sort of reasonably priced way to get like a bunch of books. And Presents specifically is like Greek billionaires, princes, like just like high, high, like wealth porn, capitalist. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not we're not thinking that's bad. Um, Just fantasy driven alpha heroes. Um, As soon as you open one, a little bit of your feminism leaves your body. Like, that's what they're intended to do. And, like, presents have, like, sex in them. Mm-hmm. Harlequin romance don't always have sex in them. Or I don't think they generally have a sex scene in them. So it's, like, like the heat level varies across the category lines. But, like, when you open a presents, you're going to get, hot, like, some high sensuality. It's not ne- They're not necessarily using, like, literal words for genitalia. But they're going to do it. And mm-hmm. most likely somebody's going to end up pregnant because that's there is a secret baby like not always but i'm saying like thinking back to these titles there it seems to be a lot quite a lot of secret babies 
there's a ton of secret babies. Secret babies are apparently very, very popular for them. Mm -hmm. I am on record saying like secret baby is my, is the trope I love the most out of like the hated trope, the tropes that, that have generally fallen out of favor in contemporary romance like mm-hmm. they're they're just like at this point when we have like such rapid means of communication and you can find anybody anywhere it's like a high degree of difficulty in most contemporary romances to write a secret baby because like how do you excuse the secret baby of it all generally i think you can do it if you think the guy if like if the dude is dead or presumed dead like that's like yeah. really because you can't notify somebody beyond the grave that they're a father. Yeah. Right. So, and the one we're talking about today is like, yeah, she thought he was dead. So, mm-hmm. spoiler alert. But um, <laughs> you find out on the first page. Like, oh, yeah. And they're always like high drama. Um, the heroes are always like um, alpha dum-dums. Like, <laughs> like, they don't do feelings. Um, so other than this being your introduction to romance, which I can see if you're getting six books a month, like that's how people end up with tubs of romance novels, because right. that's like such a volume to be getting. But what keeps you at what, what keeps you with the presents? What keeps you in category? Um, okay, so Harlequin presents was not my original favorite. My original okay. favorite was Harlequin blaze. And as, as the name of the category, like the line, you know, insinuates, those were the hot ones. (laughs) They were a little bit longer. And at like halfway through the book at a hundred pages, you always had like a scorching hot sex scene. (laughs) So I think I, I liked the fact that you can read them in like two to three hours. You can... You know, this is how like my grandma fin- read a book a day every yeah. day, like for most of her life. Um, you that like it's like watching a soap opera, or um, we were talking before recording. We're both Bravo fans. Um, oh yeah, huge Bravo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does the same thing for my brain that like a Housewives marathon of a season I've already seen will do. Um, but at the same time, like they're always going to be like well written well edited um tight they're such tight like i just admire the tight storytelling um and i think more robert said it was like choreographing a ballet in a phone booth because you don't have much space to do anything extraneous and it's so um like as a writer you have to be so disciplined to write books that way and so i think for me part of it is like i love the economy of storytelling um and so like they're kind of what i reach for when i'm like either when i'm stuck writing something because mm-hmm. like these writers are so agile so sometimes it like knocks something loose in my brain or i can't i don't have the focus for like a big novel um that's i mean but it's like it's they're just so they're like so highly technical it's like you know, if you watch ice skating, it's like watching like the like the technical routine because mm-hmm. they're doing things that are high degree of difficulty, packing it in. And it's like to me, that's just as impressive as someone who writes like a hundred thousand word, you know, masterpiece. You know, it's like the long program is great, 
but I want both the short program and the long program. Yeah, I, I mean, I will say that for this book too, it's like it, you get immediately into what's happening so right. fast. And I feel like sometimes with romance novels, you know, you'll have a few chapters of just kind of people doing other things or before they meet or something like that. It does take you longer to sink into where I get these are like quick, you're right in the middle of the action and you're out. Because yeah, yeah, this did take like two hours to read. It was great. And it also forms like a, a lot of my category reading has formed a lot of my tendencies as an author. So mm -hmm. like most of my books, I'm going to get the two main characters together in the first scene. Yeah. Um, because like just that's my that's my instinct. And so I think I just like formed my instincts for romance writing, reading category romances. So. Yeah, no, I love it. And thank you so much for introducing me. I mean, not to blow up your spot, but I, when I was talking to both of our favorites, uh, Sarah McLean, about yeah. the podcast, she was like, you need to have Andy on because she'll talk to you about categories and it'll be the best. And I'm like, sounds yeah. like a plan. No problem. <laughs> I mean, I told her and Jen's story that I got like that first those first few bag grocery bags full of Harlequin <laughs> romances and I quickly like learned to do like I learned who the authors that I liked were and those were the authors that had like on page hot makeouts because they were still like Harlequin romances so there was like no pants off stuff but I was like my favorite one and the one that I still remember and I found a copy of it on eBay a few years ago was called The Cloud Holders by Bethany Campbell and I remember that one specifically because it had like topless kissing Ooh. and so like <laughs> You just like learn who your favorite authors are. And the book we're talking about today, Returning to Claim is There, is by Amanda Cinelli or Cinelli. Um, I'm going to ask her to correct me on that. And mm -hmm. she's one of my favorites. Her books are so like, they're very tight. She's like sort of evolved the line because all of her, a lot of her heroines are like overtly curvy or plus size, which you didn't see like back in the 90s when I started reading them. Mm -hmm. um, and like, the way she goes at like these tropes is like very interesting to me. And I think they're, they read as, as modern as it's possible to have like a, a like a billionaire romance read. Yeah. Um, Before we jump into discussion about the book and there's a lot to discuss, <laughs> yes. let's um, judge this cover. So yeah. So for all of the Harlequin presents, they all have kind of this same, mm -hmm presentation where it's like harlequin presents it's white and then it's always is it always just like i mean is this a this isn't a photograph this is a drawing well i think it's a photo like i think they're all based on photographs so okay. like, harlequin does like a lot of original photo shoots and um. they'll take like and then they <laughs> manipulate them into that like illustrated image so i think and for a while they weren't able to do that because of the pandemic. So there was like, there were a few covers that like I saw for like friends books and I was like, that seems a little bit off, but they were like melding together two different models and it didn't always quite work. But like this one looks like it's an original photograph. I mean, it could be like in front of a green screen mm -hmm. for the background, but he is, he's like a billionaire yacht designer, which is a job in a romance novel. But also like, how do you get to a billion a billion dollars designing yachts? I mean, I also think he's a nepo baby. That has to be it because I was thinking about it. So yeah, so the cover is 
Nora and Duarte, which is like, what a romance novel name. I mean, perfection. Um, on a yacht, she has red hair. He's, yeah. It's, it's like tall, dark, and handsome. Yeah. I mean, She's wearing the green dress. We hear a lot about the green dress. I bet his watch like costs more than my car. <laughs> oh my God, more than my house. Probably. Well, I mean, I don't own a car, but if I had a car, it would cost more than any car I would own. Oh, yeah. um, and like across like a beautiful like background and it, like this book really does like a lot of these books a lot of the Harlequin events really travel the world <laughs> this one does more traveling than a lot of them because a lot of them you'll be like oh I'm just like in dreary England and I'm going to um like a Greek island and then you're <laughs> on the island for the whole book but this one this one did a little globe trotting but it's also yeah. just utterly bananas Okay, and what made you decide? Because I was like, no rules. I was like, any category you want to pick. What made you pick this one? I opened up my Kindle and looked at my like reading history of <laughs> Harlequin Presents, and I was like, I want to bring Aaron the most bonkers, and with two of my favorite tropes that everyone, that a lot of people don't like or they don't believe, and this one has both amnesia and a secret baby. Yes. And I remember the way he like discovers the secret baby. And I was like, this one. Because <laughs> a lot of them have secret babies and a lot of them have amnesia. Like when you put them both together, it's just mm, chef's kiss. It's amazing. Um, and also like it also had a Brazilian hero as an, a Brazilian heroine, as opposed to a lot of them are like Greek billionaires, which are great. Love it. Because it's like that soothing brain noise. Like, mm -hmm. Oh, he's a great, like, it's, it's sort of like when you talk about historicals, like there can't be that many Dukes in England. Like there yeah. are not that many billionaires in Greece. <laughs> but we found everyone and they are all young and handsome. Exactly. Young, yeah. handsome. No one had, like, none of their ancestors have like married too many close to Greek cousins. Like it's not like. They all have chins. They all have chins. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. <clears throat> okay. And we get a Brazilian billionaire. So what is this story about high level? And then we'll dive in. Okay, so I this is a duology. The first book, and I can't remember the title of the first book. I'm going to go to Ye Old Kindle, because I did read the first book this weekend. I didn't read the first book before I read... The first book is The Vow He Must Keep. The, yeah, The Vows He Must Keep. And that's mm -hmm. about Duarte's sister and his best friend. So it's best friend's sister. Mm. And then there's a, a marriage of convenience for romance reasons. Basically, he's like, you have to marry me so that I can keep you safe from the people who killed your brother. Because he was kidnapped along with Duarte. His name is Valerio. <laughs> <laughs> He was kidnapped along with Duarte and he escaped. And so he has all this survivor's guilt. And he also vowed to keep um, Duarte's twin sister safe. And so they have to get married. It's a marriage of convenience. And she like needs him to come back from being uh, from his like PTSD haze where he's just been like sailing around the world. Mm -hmm. um, and like BCO of the company he ran with her brother because she's going to be ousted as as CEO, as acting CEO because they're like, Ugh, a woman can't do this. 
And she's also <laughs> run a yacht company. <laughs> you know, run a yacht empire. But also, like, she doesn't really want to be doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like this notorious playboy, and she is like self-conscious about her body and doesn't think he's interested in her. And so there's a, that tension. And it's also like, you know, not older brother, but I mean, maybe he's older by a few minutes, but like brother's best friend. Yeah. Is, yeah. I mean, she like, cause that's a hard, like, it's like, why wouldn't you just date your brother's friend? Right. But he has all this guilt. And so that like puts up the, like the impossible obstacle, but mm-hmm. he figures it out in the end. And towards the end of that book, they discover that Duarte is in fact alive. He is in a private hospital facility on an island off the coast of Brazil. Yeah. And they find him and they bring him back. And you don't see them finding him and bringing him back. So they start this book, Returning to Claim His Heir, with Duarte at his own grave. <laughs> <laughs> like, that feels to me like you could start a historical that way. That would be oh, like, I mean. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, a lot of these, like the Harlequin Presents in particular, feel like reading like a historical romance set in contemporary times sometimes. Definitely. Especially like they were claiming his heir. Like I thought there would be more about him needing an heir. And it it doesn't seem to really matter that much that he has kids or not. But yeah. And so then he finds Nora, who is an architecture student who is on the run from her mafia father. But I love that she's like, I'm on the run from my mafia father, but I gotta finish finals. And that dedication, (laughs) and that dedication is what you get in a book like this, where I like, it kills me because I'm like, girl, it's like transfer to NYU or like go to a different country or like, exactly. Take a sabbatical. But instead she's like, nope, I am pregnant. The baby daddy is dead. And arrival my father did try to kill his parents i do need to get this done i need to get this degree yeah exactly and also i'm like she could have gone to like go stay with her mother and done some distance learning (laughs) but no she's about to leave um the favela she's staying in like a slum basically okay Mm -hmm. and he and she's like very pregnant and all of the sudden Duarte shows up at her door and he's, he's got some scars. They're very distinguished. Like a Harlequin of Sensero has like, oh, yeah. scars. just the one scar going along the side of his head. Very yeah. sexy. Very sexy. And of course, at this moment, her water breaks and he carries her <laughs> into like, not the hospital in her area. He's like, I'm going to take you to a nice hospital. And he doesn't remember her at all. So he has amnesia. He has no idea that they were together. Wait, no, he he, does remember her. He remembers her as the woman who held him as he was almost dying. Yes. And her last words to him were, you have to stay stay alive for us. And he knows that she's important, but he doesn't know why. Right. So that's, he's going to her house to like, ask her like, why, like, why did you save me? Or like, who are you? What happened to me, basically? And the reason he was kidnapped are so romance reasons. Like, it's like his parents set up a charitable foundation that provided housing for people that her dad, that her mafia dad wanted to, like, run those people out of their homes and he wouldn't agree to it. So it's just like, it was like, I was like, okay, all right, whatever. Okay. (laughs) That's how I feel like whenever I watch Succession, R.I.P., but like it, 
they would just start talking business. And I'd be like, business, business, business. We're sad. Business, business, business. We're upset. Like we're happy. And so that's mm-hmm. how I felt. I was like, housing issues in Brazil. Uh, okay, there's a problem here, and you get shot. And that's all I know. Like I couldn't have told you that much. I was like, they were lighting houses on fire. Yeah, I mean, I think they lit a building on fire. There was like some fire code violations, and they were like, "Yeah, that's, that's good." So yeah. they yeah kidnapped him and like shot him in the head. So he survived like a head bullet, which you know she couldn't have known that. No, I think her assuming he's dead is makes sense. Tracks. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and she had to get out because like she had escaped her father's clutches to like hold his head together. Yeah. Um, and so she was like, I got to get out of here. Cause, and I think she had just realized she was pregnant. So like, yeah, mm-hmm. so there we go. Um, but he doesn't think the baby is his because like in his head, like the timeline doesn't necessarily work. Cause she lies. Cause yeah, she says she like, Oh, we hooked up a year ago. Yeah. And so he's like, Oh, could it be my baby? <laughs> but like two months later he came and found her and then they bang in a car without mm-hmm. protection. And of course she ends up pregnant first time. Um, well, she also remembers them banging in the car and she's like, he barely put it in for just a little bit, but I got pregnant anyway. I'm like, all right, let him come inside you at this stage. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Couldn't you have just like, you know, gone all the way? And actually, yeah. I, was college, I was in college. My, there were all these like 17 magazine stories about like girls getting pregnant if a guy like jizzed on her thigh or whatever. Oh my God. And so my friend walks into my room. And I went to like a Catholic university. My friend walks into my room. She goes, Andy, I think I'm pregnant. And I'm like, I'm like, what? And I'm like hungover. And I sit up in bed and I'm like, what? She's like, can you take me to the CVS to get a pregnancy test? I was like, but friends, I'm anonymizing your name. (laughs) You don't have sex. And she goes, yeah, but Dan, uh," and on my skirt and I'm late. And I was like, friend, you have an eating disorder. (laughs) And she goes, no, I really think it's because he went out of my skirt. And I was like, okay. So this is how I found myself driving to CVS at, you know, 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning mm-hmm. to get a pregnancy test for my friend who just needed to eat more than a light and fit yogurt for lunch. Oh, God. <laughs> so, I mean, it was the early aughts. We all did stupid stuff with food. Anyway, but, like, I feel like in a Harlequin Presents, she would have gotten pregnant and there would have been a secret baby. Hundred percent. I remember constantly in those magazines too. They'd be like, they had to keep answering the question, like, if a guy comes in a jacuzzi and you're also in the jacuzzi, you cannot get pregnant. Like that was a constant worry for everybody. (laughs) I was like, I don't think I needed to know that. Also, like, how are that many guys coming in jacuzzis? It's so hot and like. No, I don't know because they're like probably sixteen and like just 16, as just... forty as they'll ever be, just <laughs> rocketing off every two seconds. <laughs> like in that case, like so, one guy could have pregnant like five women in a hot tub. Like it's just not gonna happen. This is ridiculous. I mean, and that, presents. It's probably in Ku. Like that's in Ku. Oh, a hundred percent. Jacuzzi baby. Jacuzzi baby. Secret jacuzzi baby. <laughs> um. So yeah, so she, but she didn't realize she was very diligent about her studies, but not super diligent about not about prenatal care because she had preeclampsia, and so they had to do an emergency yeah. section. And so she's like very vulnerable, and he's like, "Well, you can come stay with me," and she's like, "Oh, that seems like a bad idea, but I don't really have a choice." 
Because mm-hmm. I've been seeing, you know, my father's henchman in a sedan hanging out. So she also goes- for some reason her father is still after her and like yeah. didn't know that she was in the slums, but like it yeah. Yeah. And I mean like kind of knew she was in the slums, so just like leaving her alone. So I don't know if he was like monitoring. Maybe he got word that like Duarte was still alive and was like, well, I'm going to watch her house because he's going to come back for her. Because like, Oh, yeah. Well, she says, too, that like she had told her father that she miscarried. Yes. And then so I think she was like, I don't want him to see that I have that I have a baby that I have a baby. And also, like, I think the reclaiming, returning to claim his heir might have something to do with the fact that, like, he was also the heir to, like, this baby was also the heir to a mafia empire. Mm. And honestly, I want to see that show. That's. Yeah. About, like, you know, the mafia grandson. and The mafia grandson who was, whose dad is a yapillionaire, but also was raised in an animal sanctuary in the Amazon. Correct. Right. Is it like, it's like jungle to jungle. Problematic. But. So it's wild. Yeah. Anyway, also the heroine is like her mother's Irish, her father's uh, Brazilian, so she can have red hair. Yeah. <laughs> so like it's just I don't know. It's great. It, like I'm like I love it. I love all of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so she, so she can't like travel to this remote jungle sanctuary, animal sanctuary, for like five weeks after she gets out of the hospital. So she goes to stay with him. And he's like, I'm so attracted to her. So I have to just like swim or run and constantly keep myself moving so that I stay away from her. And she's like mm-hmm. afraid of him. And he's like, I don't know what she's afraid of. But he makes the agreement. I'm not going to make you tell me anything about how we know each other until you're ready to leave. So you, you get like the deadline. Yeah. Um, and then there's like some scenes with tension. And then they, like, there's a break-in. Her father's henchmen break into his house in Rio. And she, and then he, like, he gets the henchmen. But then he comes in and she, like, tackles him to the ground and, like, messes up his dislocated shoulder. And he's like, she seems like she knows more about, like, physical combat than your average damsel in distress. <laughs> than your average three-week postpartum woman who had a section, which means her abs haven't fused back together yet. But no. she's tackling grown men, so that's phenomenal. Yes, I love this for her and for us. Fantastic. No, I really do love that. I was like, yeah, she kind of kicks ass. Like, yeah. Because um, I remember, like, none of the books where I was that I read as a teen really had, like, the woman doing any kicking up ass at all no she's tough she's tough because when she turned 18 she like left her like nice ecologist mom in at the animal sanctuary and went to go find her father who turned her into like basically made her like a spy to like seduce men for information although she was like a virgin when she and duarte first had sex and was great about that but they could not keep their hands off each other. They were just banging all the time. Mm-hmm. She was trying to keep it secret from her father. But her father found out about it and was like, okay, so here's the deal. You're going to marry my daughter and you're going to give me these, like, apartments. And, like, that's what it's going to be. And then Duarte was like, ha, 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 no, I want nothing to do with her or you. Fuck off. And that's what got him kidnapped. 
So we find that out kind of about in this area. Of the and that's also why, I mean, I think that's important too, because like also if your dead boyfriend whose baby you have are currently pregnant with shows up, like you would normally be like fucking pumped about it. Cause you're like, great, you're not dead. Also, we're having a kid. Like, here's what happened. Like, they try to jog your memory. But the last thing that she ever heard him say was, like, how much he didn't want her and wanted nothing to do with her. So that's why also she kind of, like, doesn't want him to know who she is and who the baby is. Because she's like, well, he kind of didn't ever, he said he didn't want me. Like, maybe he was using me kind of the way that I was using him. So, But he did it, come back to bang her two months later. So, Oh, that is true. All right, well, she also, in the meantime, found out that her father had killed his parents. So she was also nervous about- Did she know that? that? I don't think she knew that until oh, the end. Oh, she didn't know that? Okay. I, I don't she... think she knew that until the end, but maybe she did. But, like, she has plenty of reasons. Well, she finds that out, like, when they're at the house on the coast. Mm. So, as, like, after the break-in, he's like, this isn't safe. We're going to go to my house on the coast. And she's like, oh, God, more alone time with this guy. <clears throat> and then they go to the house on the coast and there's Inez, his housekeeper, mm -hmm. who is like, that's like, that's a Avalar baby. I know yes. it. You know it. And so she's kind of like, she's like, I don't know your game. Eyes on you. Like, yeah. <laughs> eyes on you. But she's like a miracle worker with babies, which is key in these secret baby books where the baby is actually an infant. Cause you have to have someone to take care of the baby so you can do the sex. You also have to wait six weeks. Yeah. So that's the other thing why it's good that there was this like uh, time thing keeping them apart is that she exactly. physically can't have sex. Yeah, exactly. So they're at they like they sort of come to this like nice sort of relationship pace where like he's like I'm he's falling deeper and deeper in lust slash love with her. Like he would say it's lust. He's like bonkers for her. He and makes her dinner with her every night. Every night, yes. yeah. And they're like getting along, and it's great. And she's like real tense about it because obviously she's gonna have to leave eventually. Mm -hmm. And she's like almost devastated when she gets the news that she and the baby are fit for travel. <laughs> mm -hmm. She doesn't want to leave. Mm -hmm. And then is that when he takes her out on the di like dinner and like on his like parents' boat, and they finally do it on his parents' boat. Yeah, it's amazing. It's very they go romantic. out to dinner, and it's not like where you think a billionaire would take you. It's like very good food, and then yeah, a champagne on the boat that has been like retrofitted. It's like a classic boat, and then yeah, yeah she's like, "Does this boat have a bed?" Love it. <laughs> I mean, like she is very forward, and like she is not what you would imagine the typical heroine to be in these books, because like you said, she's kicking ass. She's, you know, taking down grown men, but also like she's very, when she is ready to have sex or when she wants to have mm -hmm. sex, like she's leading it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, well, I shouldn't give in to my lust. And she's like, well, I don't really have compunctions about it. Let's do it. <laughs> but she's like, at that point, she's like prepared to tell him mm -hmm. that Liam and this, I mean, this should have been a clue. Like the baby's first name is like a take on his father's name like but it's like it is Guillermo to William to Liam, Liam which I do feel like is a bit of a winding path like I do think I would need somebody to say that to me and then I'd be like oh 
right? Yeah. I mean, like but if then you, she... If you met a Liam, you're like, your grandfather definitely named Guillermo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe not, but I'm like, you know, you're always, a, you know it in advance, like this is what the yeah. book is. Um, anyway, but like, I feel like the housekeeper would have been like, look at his chin dimple. You both had the same butt chin. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> oh, Inez knows. That's why Inez yeah. is also, she's always like, I'll take the baby. You go out. You go swimming in this little bathing suit that he got you. Oh, you go to dinner. You know what I mean? Inez is yeah. like, let's make this house a home. Let's get these two <laughs> together. Yeah, she's really, she's really doing the work. But unfortunately, the next day, like his Angelo, his like oh. godfatherish figure, who almost dies trying to like bring what like the corrupt like the corrupt politician was the villain in the first book. You never actually saw him or met him, but and you thought Angelo might have been the villain in the first book, but he actually like took down the corrupt politician. But they know someone else is behind it. They know this. Um, Lionel, who's Nora's father, is behind all of this. Yeah. Like, that's the other thing in these books. You like, you sometimes just don't even see the actual villain. Really, Which I'm okay. fine with. Yes. I don't need, to, like, tell me Lionel's a bad guy. Like, um, uh, sorry. Tell me Lionel's a bad guy, like, uh, trying to kick old ladies out of their homes. And I'm like, cool. That's what I need to know. Yeah. And that's all you shooting need to the know. hero. Yeah. I don't need to know used like used his daughter to like get information mm -hmm. as like a honeypot um, yeah as like a, yeah as a honeypot that's the word i was looking for anyway <laughs> so angelo like basically comes and is like hey well no she tells him that she's that liam he's liam's father and like about like the fact that she was like a criminal no like, angelo tells Duarte, yes. she's Lionel's daughter, and she was, like, in the mix the night that you were shot, which I guess Duarte already knows, and that's maybe when he finds out that Lionel killed his parents. Yes, because she gave, she handed over at some point, like, a flash drive that she was keeping yeah. as, like, leverage against her father. Mm -hmm. um, Angelo decrypts it, like... Um, and then finds out and then everyone finds out that like Lionel actually killed his parents. And so he's very upset, but like not upset enough to like send her away. Yeah. And also he like, is like, my son's going to be my life, but they're opening this like yacht headquarters in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> where, when you think yacht billionaire, you think Fort Lauderdale, like where <laughs> do the billionaires like to flock Fort Lauderdale? I'm saying that I don't know Fort Lauderdale at all, but I'm just like, of the places in Florida, I'm like Naples, Miami. I mean, I did once have like a below deck sexual experience on a yacht in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. So we're blowing this up. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> so I'm wrong. But it was like with a yachty. It wasn't like. <laughs> he owned the yacht or he was a below deckin? Below decant. He's a decant. <laughs> like that's still really fun. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, the next day I was like driving back to Miami where I was staying with friends, and like it was the days before your cell phone hooked up to your car. 
and my friend was trying to call me and her husband got really nervous and like when i walked in the door he was like oh my god i thank god you're okay because like people get really murdery on boats oh god it's <laughs> <That's> so dark <laughs> was like, no i was fine <laughs> um I haven't been coughing, but apparently talking a lot uh, will make me cough. Um, but it's only that we're recording is why you're coughing. And if yes. we were just talking without recording, you wouldn't cough. And that's the way it goes. Yeah, it's no, fun. I wasn't coughing before we started recording. No, um, we talked for a while. Uh, that's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so maybe Fort Lauderdale is, is like, but they opened a new headquarters. And so she goes with him and they're going to like stay on his new super yacht, which is like, my impression is like it's almost like a cruise ship just like with two people on it um, oh, have you seen super yachts like they are insane they are like floating right. hotels yeah it's well, crazy so they're um, gonna have a party yeah. on the super yacht to right like open their new headquarters i don't like the super yacht's not the headquarters though it's, it's not clear it does it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it doesn't matter there's a super yacht he is a billionaire from designing yachts how does that work financially because how much a billion dollars is i don't think it's comprehensible for most people and it's like unless this like this is a part of a larger portfolio which maybe it is and he's a nepo baby but being a billionaire a yacht designer is just i don't know that it's possible i think his family had like this huge family port um fortune and valerio's family had a huge family fortune and I think because you you can make so much money on yachts when people like commission because they're so expensive. Yeah. Maybe it's not crazy to become a billionaire building yachts. If anyone out there is a billionaire from building yachts, email us and invite us on your yacht. Exactly. I would like to be on your yacht um, <laughs> during the weekend of the Monaco Grand Prix, preferably. <laughs> um, just let me know. Um, yeah. And if you have a private jet that can get me there, I'm. I'm I'm more than happy to. It doesn't need to be a super it. yacht. Like we're not any yacht. We're not. Like, yeah, we're, we're not, not picky. No, come on, we're reasonable. Just a yacht. But yeah, I. Uh, yeah, that was that was hard for me. But yeah, I'm sure that they have like a normal downtown Fort Lauderdale. There's probably like the business headquarters. But he's not also letting her leave at this stage because he's like, you're not gonna go anywhere with my son. Sort right. of a thing. He's not letting her leave. And then he's like, well, you'll marry me. And she's like, but you're not going to force me. He's like, no, I'm not going to force you, but I think you should marry me anyway. <laughs> and at that point, like, she really doesn't have, like, the – she doesn't have any money, so she can't, like, just jet off. No. And that's also Val – Valario and Danny show up. Yes. And they're and so excited. Yeah. They're excited. Danny is super excited to be an aunt. She's never shown any interest in babies, but she's obsessed with this one. I relate to that because, oh, like, 100%. yeah, because like there's certain babies that are assholes and then there's other babies that are awesome. So, you mm -hmm. know, are you an aunt yet? Are you an aunt? I like, I, yeah, I have three nieces. Yeah. They're incredible. They're very exactly. cute. Like, I just wanted to like smell their little, little heads, you know? Exactly. I have two nieces. It's the same. Or, no, I have three nieces. Jesus. One was just born. I'm getting used to it. But, like, <laughs> But yeah, it's the same thing where I'm like, I'm obsessed with being an aunt. Aunt is the most one because you can really show up with glitter, have a fun day, and they'd be like, I'm going to go take a nap. Bye. These aren't my children. Have a good time washing the glitter off. Yeah. Um, but we do find out in the epilogue of the first book that Danny does, Danny and Valerio do end up having two kids. Oh, okay. Um, 
And I, but I think they're like two and done. We're done. Um, so they show up. Valerio's family shows up. Valerio's mother asks all sorts of awkward questions about like um, Nora's family. So she like wanders off in the middle of a party and she decides, she's like, I'm out. We got it. I'm not going to marry you. We're not going to do this. Yeah. Well, before this, we get a great makeover scene. Where yes, Danny get a great makeover shows scene. up with like racks and racks of clothes and they get manicures and pedicures and she gets her hair done and everything, which is like, I love to see. So that I was know. I mean, that's like, that's directly appealing to the id. Like so many of these books directly appeal to the id in like a myriad of ways. This one does it like, this one like hits so many, like, I think that's probably why I picked the book. It hits so many things on my personal id list. Yeah. Like, yachts, amnesia, <laughs> secret babies, makeovers, um, you know, mixed race heroin, like, mm -hmm. you know, weird rustic upbringings. I love all these things. Anyway, so she gets a whole makeover scene. They, like, get in a fight. Wait, she's because also heard at this stage... Duarte just gets an email or something or a letter that is just like, oh, your father's been arrested. Like everything's going to be fine. Yes. So and at this stage too, I was like, why aren't we, why aren't we done with the book? But then Nora starts getting some morals or she starts getting in her feelings about stuff. Yeah. She's like, we can never, like, we can never go to a party together and talk about like why we're together and how we met mm -hmm. because it's like, it's awful. And then does she admit to being in love with him? And he's like, well, I, I, I don't know how to love. Is that what happens? Or she knows she's in love with him. And she's like, I can't be with this man if he doesn't love me. Well, and yes. And also he's like, well, I found a village in England where we can go and raise Liam, which I'm like, right. I'm good. And then she's like, well, I don't want to just like spend my whole life just following around my husband who's a billionaire. But I'm like, he could send up a whole architecture company for you. Like, it's not exactly. that bad. Like, I don't, I don't have the moral compunctions that Nora does. Like, she no. thinks she's like not a moral person. And I'm like, listen, you're more moral than I am. If you told me I could spend the rest of my days shaking my ass on a boat and having great sex with a with a Brazilian billionaire who's who designs yachts, I'm. I'm not thinking about my career goals anymore. No, it's a hoy matey. Let's go get me on this exactly. boat. Yeah. I'm like, I'm happy to be an influencer. <laughs> like, <laughs> just follow him around to like studying locales like Fort Lauderdale, but Rio is good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I'm, I'm sure like in the first book they were like, they were in Monaco and I'm like, that yeah. seems like a better place to. Monaco to... seems more yacht centric than like a small town in England and no shade to England. Love it. But also I'm not like, I don't think yachts when I think of England. No. necessarily it's not like it doesn't feel like a huge yacht vibe the way that monaco right. yeah but i yeah so she just is kind of like i think she just had an idea in her head that she was going to go live with her mom in the amazon rainforest which i'm like how is that better because she's like i didn't like growing up there necessarily she left the second she could but she's like well let's see how that is instead yeah and like she's also doesn't know if her mother is gonna like welcome her or not because yeah, i don't know if the mother even knows that she like was pregnant has a grandchild i don't think she does but i mean you do have to get her to the mother's house to actually like kind of thread the needle on that storyline i feel like oh 100 percent for romance reasons they can't be together and she bounces and he lets yeah. her go too yeah he's like all right 
um you know and she's like i'm not going to keep your son from you which you know good on her yes so she goes to brazil and it's like not that long no until he shows up looking like dusty, shit, sweaty mm-hmm. looking like shit. like he hasn't slept he's been driving through the rainforest and is like i'm in love with you i'm a mess without you we have to be together mm-hmm. um and the mother is like happy to see her tells her like oh yeah by the way you graduated from school very important yes obviously <clears throat> And yeah, and then they, uh, I think they like sneak off to bang before like going to meet her mom, which I mean, I respect it. I respect it. <laughs> I mean, he could put it down. So I understand that you'd be like, first things first. <laughs> first things first. We got to like, we got, we got weeks of pent up stuff. Yeah. He's, like, he's not even like demanding to see his son right away. He's like, no, I gotta, I'm like, wait, okay. All right. Respect. And then <laughs> they get married at the nature preserve um yeah in the epilogue and it's like it's different from some most harlequin presents because usually they take you forward like three to five years and they have like multiple children and for Mm -hmm. you know i i was glad we got to see like the wedding instead of the necessarily the more babies although i do believe they probably have more babies because they're banging a lot and um, she's uh, she's extraordinarily fertile she got exactly she got knocked up from pre-con so this is she's she's having quintuplets she, yeah she's having quintuplets it's a big family yeah um but if you're a billionaire have a lot of kids why not you exactly. could afford them exactly yeah. unless you're doing it um sort of like in a in a scattershot sort of like nick cannon way no <laughs> like that like have have kids with like one with one person no if you want to be two people, not like a three creepy, max yeah elon musk the birth rate is too low way either like yeah. there's there are creepy ways to do it i feel like these two are just banging so much they're like let's just have a lot of kids i'm happy that's fine yeah that's yeah and yeah so that i mean that's a and they live happily ever after i mean i love it gives you just like a straight shot of like bonkers stuff happening in a romance and it's like I don't know. There's something. There's something that appeals to the id so much that it's like put it in my veins, please. Yeah, just like right there. It's good stuff. It's such good stuff. I mean, when we were talking about like the makeover being part of the id, it is like you know how in every housewives trip we watch all the housewives pack. Yes. You could give me eight hours of housewives packing. I just want it all. I can't get enough, and it's nothing. It's truly nothing. But I'm just like, oh, interesting. Okay, that's what they're bringing. It's, it, yeah, that's why I love the makeover scene too, because I'm just like, interesting, what are they picking out? What are they picking out? Yeah. And that, it's the green dress on the cover. So they mm-hmm. like, they do try to do like the call out to like what's happening in the book. So, I mean, and I mean, I just, I love, I, I listened to like a, one of the episodes of Categorically Romance, like one of the um, editors mm-hmm. for Presents was talking about like, they are like true true romance lovers like they are like fully members of our cult and so like (laughs) i just and you can tell how much they love it and you know clearly category romance is a product but they like really put their like whole hearts into into making it a great product um and like i really haven't read any presents that i'm like i wouldn't read another book by this author oh that's Um, amazing because she was fantastic amanda or Chanelli was so good and like that's the thing too it's like 
it's what makes a bonkers romance fun. Like this mm. was bonkers because everything we've said so far, like his name is Duarte, he designs yachts, they're Brazilian rainforests, all this. But like, it did feel like I just wanted to keep finding out what was happening. And I feel right. like sometimes you read bonkers romance that are just too bonkers and you're like, this is just bizarre. Who are these people? But as crazy as these two were, I was like, they do feel like people, like characters. They like I do totally still want to like follow. Yeah. yeah. She has this whole like three book series where it's like three brothers or half brothers mm -hmm. who have to like fight over their Greek billionaire dad's estate. And the first one who stays married for a year wins. Oh. So like one of them, he is like steal, he steals like his, like, he steals a bride like right before her wedding. She doesn't <laughs> want to like, it's like on the streets of New York, he like follows her in and he's like, you don't really want to do this, do you? They leave. They bounce. It's amazing. Um, so like her, like, like they're very, like, she's like her, like, they're very high concept. Yeah. Um, and part of it is you're stacking so many tropes on one another. Cause like, Ooh, that's an like their little, you know, um, little nesting dolls of, of tropes. But yeah, that's really creative. I think she has one where she like, where the pregnant woman shows up on the doorstep of like, like some bill, like some like mercenaries, like billionaire mercenaries, like estate. Amazing. It's amazing. So they're always like amazing. I mean, I think like, like Caitlin Cruz writes a great presents. Maya Blake writes a great presents um like so does Pippa Roscoe like they're just like I can't like think of any that I'm like I never want to read something by this this author again like I, I've had enough of them so I can't I just they're all good um I think that's like part of the appeal too because like you know it's going to be good mm -hmm. and even yeah. if it's not like your favorite trope like it's sort of like pizza it's, if, if it's not your favorite trope it's still going to be tasty you know you can kind of like pick around your unfavorite trope but I think too, it's like the thing about tropes, it's like, even if it's a trope that you don't love, like, I don't like, like in love with your sibling's best friend, not because I'd like morally against it, because I'm just like, what's the problem here? Like, mm -hmm. date your brother's friend, date your sister's friend. But in the right hands, like it, it is so elevated, like it's so good. Because then there's like, what is that? It's called like, sin and ink or something I can like see. Oh my God. It's like the brother's wife. The brother's like widow. Widow. Oh my, Naima Simone. Yes. Oh my God. I mean, she's, in, she's so good. She's, I mean, her like, and she's written about a lot, quite a few Harlequin Desires as well. Which okay. is another high heat line. There's also lots of billionaires in that line, but it's more sort of American centric in a lot of ways. So like the presents are definitely more, um, like flashy foreign locales um but yeah she, i mean she's like so good like i'll read anything she writes truly um tr yeah. like and like the way her like i've done we've done like bonkers romance podcasts about like 365 days of the movie oh god <laughs> <laughs> we did all three movies um and it's just I didn't like know there uh, had been a third <laughs> yeah well, no there's three <laughs> We were just like delirious and giggling throughout the whole thing. And then when we did this Kickstarter together, she did like 365 days, like thick mm -hmm. for her book. Amazing. <laughs> it's pirates. And I was like, I'm going to do Formula One thick. I feel like that's a 
lower degree of difficulty. We're just going to call it a boat race. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so she can do anything. Like, I feel like, and it used to be that when you started writing romance, like there was like, like Nora Roberts started in category. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of like the, you know, Sandra Brown started in cat, like love stuff, this category. And there was just more of it. Um, like I think Loretta Chase was talking about how she started writing like category regencies. Mm -hmm. um, she was talking about that on on the Fate of Mates Trailblazer episode, which I like. I, you used to like train by writing category romances, um, like Tessa Bailey also and Katie Robert also started out writing for Entangled, which was publishing a lot of category romances digital first. So it was like sort of like a training ground before you graduated to writing single title books for a lot of, not every romance author, but a lot of authors. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like, it's like such a useful exercise in a lot of ways. I think my first books were more category length than they were for a digital first publisher. But it really teaches you like the nuts and bolts of how to like put together the beats of a love story. Um, yeah, that's such a great point. And I think, you know, there's a lot happening in romance now where it's in like, obviously I'm not going to name names, but it does seem like there are a lot of romance authors who have not read a ton of romance who are writing romance or who, and I think it's like having that training ground for like, here is the scaffolding for a romance novel and here's how you can do it tight. And then here's how you kind of like can put some space into it. But that's what makes them so good and so complex and so interesting and yeah I, mean, I would say i would tell people like if you are thinking about writing a romance read like a load of presents mm -hmm. um you know like everyone's you know i don't necessarily believe in the ten thousand hour rule but before i wrote a romance i'd probably read thousands of categories and like you know hundreds of single titles yeah and like you just kind of internalize like the the structure of how a romance works and it like it doesn't necessarily like save you all the time but like i think i think i probably get stuck a lot less because mm -hmm. i read so many category romances yeah because i'm like I'm, I'm sure i read one where the author did something similar and this is how she got out of it so yeah i mean i think they're really great they're really and I, I'm, tr I'm trying not to make them sound like vegetables, but they're delightful. <laughs> like yeah. It's, it's like, no. they're like, they're like vegetables and cheese sauce. If you're into that, <laughs> like, no, it's, but it, it like, it, it, you have a good time reading it, but as you're reading, you're also like, oh, this is like put together. Well, like this mm -hmm. is, things are happening so fast. And I feel like, especially now kind of with like, KU and stuff where it's like it's no fault of the author they're getting paid for page count but then everything comes a it becomes a little bit bloated and just getting to read something that's like so zippy so quick two hours like you're in and you're out it's a great story it's like fantastic I mean I right. loved it yeah I mean I'm like there's like it's they were the books that like other than you know the Kathleen Wood was slim in the flower route a lot of people for a long time before people came to romance through fan fiction, they came to romance through the category romances. And you hear a lot of stories similar to mine that like, yeah, my grandma read them or my mom read them. And like, mm -hmm. I just kind of, you know, found them on her bookshelf um, and started reading them. 
I mean, and there's like so many interesting like stories about people um, who wrote category romance, um, you know, like just people who, you know, had like an, a completely other life and were like, yeah, I'm going to write, you know, two or three category romances a year. And, um, and in a lot, and you know, there's not that many category lines anymore, which makes me a little bit sad, but like presents has always had like presents is so consistent over time. I think that's mm -hmm. why I chose definitely chose a presents because it's like, that's been a similar product for, you know, 50, 60 years. Yeah. And satisfying. It's like in the same way. A hundred percent. Well, thank you for introducing me to it. If no you come across another bonkers one, you're always welcome back because I had yes. such a fun time reading this that I'm like down. I'm like, I'll probably start reading a few other myself, but like, yeah, I'd love to have you back. Oh yeah. I'd love to do it again. Cause like, you know, it's not, it's not like the book that everybody's talking about every single yeah. you, know, you know, like, so, um, I love to talk about these to people who are like, oh yeah, I get it. Romance reasons. It's fine. So. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. That all makes sense. Don't worry about it. Don't think about it. Um, so we always end podcast, uh, by talking and, uh, the podcast by talking about what we're swooning about. So it okay. can be anything. So it can be like a TV show. It can be an app. It can be a product. It can be a new way of thinking. Is there anything that comes to mind? Um, so I, for those who aren't familiar with my social media feeds, I am very obsessed with Formula One. Mm -hmm. Um, and I am swooning about the Monaco Grand Prix from this weekend <laughs> where my personal favorite, Lewis Hamilton, um, got fourth place, which is an improvement from how their team has been doing and the fastest lap. Um, but yeah, if you like Harlequin presents, you should, you probably like the, what it's a one-to-one -one relationship with, with yeah. Formula One. I feel like Formula One like hit this year. Cause I feel like people, like it's obviously it's been around mm -hmm. for a while, but like all of a sudden everybody was talking about Formula One. Well, there was a series on Netflix, and honestly, I highly recommend it if you've never heard of Formula One, don't know what, you're ta don't know what they're talking about. It's called That's Drive me. to Survive. It's on uh -huh. Netflix. I pitch it as the real housewives of hot guys who drive fast cars. Mm -hmm. I'm interested. I'm engaged. Yeah. Yes. So much drama. Um, and it is, it's like, it's like sexy. There's fashion, because like Lewis especially, but some of the other drivers have started like really paying attention to fashion and getting involved in that there's uh like drama there's so much drama <laughs> um you know like there's characters you can follow the wags like it's just it's it's very it's delicious and there's also like i have to pitch my friend lily herman's podcast called choosing sides Okay. Um, that she basically did a rundown of an introduction, like an introduction to basically all of the teams and all of the drivers and their histories. And she goes like deeper than Drive to Survive did. She also has a newsletter called uh, Engine Failure. Um, and that kind of covers like this sports and culture aspect of it. So it's like very chatty, which I it's a good entrance point. Um, but yeah, so I'm swooning over um, the Monaco Grand Prix, which was lovely to watch. Um, I feel like I want to get into it. I'll be listening to this podcast because one of them also went to the Met Gala. Yes, Daniel Ricardo. He is mm. not on the. He's not driving for a team this year. Okay, which is a very dramatic thing. 
but mm. he is he's like probably i would say one of the, like the best driver currently without a seat like mm. so that that like but drive this latest season of drive to survive came out before the season so you see like the whole the whole sort of evolution of how that happened and he is actually one of the most charming and like charismatic individuals in media right now so he's currently the third driver for a team that i don't like but i love him and so i want him to get that bag um but yeah and if you don't get into drive to start as much first season just like wait till second season and you see lewis hamilton you're gonna be into it (laughs) (laughs) i love it because i like sports adjacent things like i don't watch basketball but i love winning time or yeah, yes. winning time on HBO or like any sort of sports documentary I'm in. But like, if you, I, I need the story behind it. So I feel like if that's lots of drama and story in the background, then I'm going to be into it. That's what I want. Exactly. Exactly. And then once you get to know like the drivers a little bit, cause you see mm-hmm. a little bit about their lives, like it makes the actual racing mean a lot more. And a lot of longtime fans of Formula One aren't into, um, aren't into all of the new fans because a lot of them are women and and young girls and you know we want to talk about like how how the drivers are and like their personal lives and they're like no it's only the racing that matters but i'm like this is like a person driving a car at like you know 200 something miles an hour yeah like their mental state actually has a lot to do with how they perform so this is actually it's actually interesting to know like about their like rough childhoods yeah you know and they all have different things at stake because some of them are nepo babies and some of them like one driver like his parents basically sold their house and drove around in a mobile home so he could cart as a teen it's when are you writing your formula one romance series i'm actually so i have a sub stack and this summer i'm going to do a formula one story week by week in my sub stack <gasps> how do we get the sub stack it's um, the Stern Brunch Daddy Digest. <laughs> Perfect. I made up the term Stern Brunch Daddy. Yeah. And so I have like the first chapter written. So I'm going to start publishing soon. And I'm just going to write it as I go. And we're, it's an experiment. Um, but yeah, no, that's fun. And like all of my hopefully upcoming books have like Formula One things. And like I said, my bonkers Kickstarter book called To Win a Witch's Heart, which is going to be on Kindle. In October is Lewis Hamilton fan fiction. So um, it's it's weaving itself into my stories in the same way that like my previous like muse Chris Evans would show up in my stories. So um, it's just, it's evolved. Lewis Hamilton is on the muse, so. Amazing, phenomenal. Um, so everybody could sign up for Star Brunch Daddy Substack, but what, how else can people find you? I'm at author Andy J on all platforms. So Instagram, I'm still sort of on Twitter. I don't spend a lot of time there anymore. Um, I'm on TikTok. Um, and I still have a Facebook page, but that's just basically repost from my Instagram. So Instagram is the best way to find me. Um, <laughs> and my Stern Brunch Daddy Digest. And that's going to be a mix of like, it's all, all of the posts talking about like my books are going to be like for free, obviously. And mm-hmm. then, um, I'm just gonna, it's like nominal every month just to like keep me writing this like bonkers, oh, yeah. like um, Formula One story. Um, and then I have a book coming out in late September called um, Unrealistic Expectations. And that's a rom com about a relationship therapist who gets dumped. Amazing. Um, 
yeah so it's, that's fun and i'm gonna do i i haven't announced events yet but we're gonna do some events um that i'm excited about too so yeah stay tuned yeah. for the events for sure awesome well thanks so much and thanks so much everybody for listening and until next time happy reading <laughs>